Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Is it Berenstein? Is it Berenstain? Is it Sinbad? Is it Shaq? Is it Mandela or Mandela? Because even the people who believe in the Mandela effect don't always agree on that one. Yeah. What is my name even? I mean, it's weird. I, I thought my name was Max. Maybe not. I can't remember. I did once call Max Matt once, and I immediately questioned myself uh, as to the nature of reality. Yeah, and we got into this way before uh, the multiverse became a popular idea in the world of film and fiction. Uh, Not saying it was our idea at all, uh, but in today's classic episode, we are going to explore the story of what's called the Mandela Effect, along with the person credited for coining the term. And uh, we're going to ask ourselves and hopefully you uh, some strange questions. This one gets a lot of feedback every year, actually, because seriously, I believe that most people, myself included, have been certain for a long time that it's Berenstein, S-T-E-I-N, and not Berenstain, S-T-A-I-N. You know, I and many others, I think, share that feeling. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Max. My name is Niles. 
until you are probably you, we would hope, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Let's start today with a question. Uh, have you guys, uh, Max Niles, have you guys ever had an event that you were certain occurred and then later found out that it didn't or people told you it didn't? I had one really recently. Hmm. I was positive that David Attenborough had died and I was positive that I had mourned his death because I was a huge fan of his and I thought uh, it was just something that I had dealt with already Mm. and then I saw on Reddit, oh, hey, a new David Attenborough thing is out with him uh, discussing animals in the deep who have uh, bioluminescence. And I mm-hmm. went, oh, that's weird. I wonder why they would do that. Or like post-mortem put that out. No, no, he never died. He never mm-hmm. died at all. He's still alive. Well, that's good to hear. That's that's good for him, for sure. Uh, what about you, Niles? You got one? So I had a thing um, where... I was convinced that there was this promo for a, a television show that was on MTV, I think probably in the 90s, called Liquid Television. And um, there was like Eon Flux, like kind of weird anime, and there was weird claymation mm-hmm. and strange kind of arty animation stuff. Sure. I was convinced that this promo existed where it was a guy running up and down stairs while a John Zorn track play. John Zorn is this weirdo saxophone player. It's unmistakable. It's just like blasty, crazy, wild sax playing. Mm. And I couldn't find it. I, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about John Zorn and I was like, yeah, that liquid television promo, right? That's mm-hmm. when I first discovered John Zorn. And I, it just doesn't exist. It just does not exist. <laughs> and, but I, you know, it was part of the narrative that I assigned to discovering this artist. And yet it is completely false. So there's an interesting thing that occurs in the, in the situations, in, in these situations where, uh, people say, Oh, well, I could have sworn, you know, that this, the, that the reality of what occurred was, um, was event A. Sure. And then the rest of the world says, Oh, ho, 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 no, Max, event B. And it has always been event B, very Orwellian, right? Yeah. You know, Bill, the way I see it, it's, it's almost details mm-hmm. of an event a lot of times, like small things, uh, details about a pop culture icon, a line in a film. There are all these things that are coming up mm-hmm. where it, it appears to be distorted slightly. Well, what does, what does this mean? There, there are several possibilities, right? Number one. The one that occurs most readily to most people is, oh, perhaps we were mistaken. Perhaps mm-hmm. we, um, perhaps, you know, given the, the wash and erosion of time and minutes onto the next, we, our memories are blurred a little bit. And that's very common. And we'll look at that as well. Uh, the other one is, uh, what if people are lying? What if they're gaslighting you? What if this liquid television promo exists? And for some reason, everyone agreed uh, that uh, Niles Brown can never hear this or never see it again. <laughs> or, you know, it, it could just get lost in the Internet. Mm-hmm. A lot of times things that happened in, you know, prior to a certain time in the 2000s, they just weren't documented very well on the Internet, especially in video. 
That's a good point, but I guess I just, just I, I've never not been able to find something that that you know connected to some obscure clip that I wanted to find. Sure. Someone's ripped a VHS of it. You know, it's on YouTube in some form. Especially, this thing, yeah. e- even like in Wikipedia pages, like I was like trying to cross reference John Zorn <laughs> and TV promos and Liquid Television, and there was some weird connection where like a guy who did a bunch of cartoons for liquid television had worked with john zorn in a graphic design capacity but that was the only connection and you know it was just totally tangential as far as we know because this leads us to another possibility and this is the topic of today's show which uh you've written to us to request on facebook twitter and well hopefully it was you and uh (laughs) and of course email To some people, ladies and gentlemen, there's something more cosmic at work behind this phenomenon. What if instead of ordinary human foibles, uh, the past appears to be altered because we live in a world of intersecting parallel universes, of shifting histories, of multiple mutable realities? What would we call this thing? Yes, this is known as the Mandela Effect. It was first proposed under uh, by this name, by this author, Fiona Broom. It was at Dragon Con here in Atlanta in 2005. She was having just a pretty simple conversation in a green room, hanging out. And I think they were talking about Nelson Mandela. And she, she realized that a lot of the people she was talking with believed that Nelson Mandela had died while he was in prison. Much in the same way that you believed that David Attenborough had died in the wilds of Africa, you know? Yes. And, and she didn't, she knew that he wasn't dead. At least she believed that, that he wasn't dead in her world. Um, and, uh, you know, they just discussed a little more and they realized that this maybe, maybe what you know and what I know are different because we're in some kind of different time stream or we experienced at least a fraction of a different time stream. Yeah, these were these were mostly authors in the group, and I realized, I think, is a very de- yeah. definitive <laughs> word there. I, I I'm sure that several felt that they did have a realization. So, although the Mandela conversation launched uh, this launched this author's initial investigation. Uh, many of you who have written into us or tweeted or Facebook uh, messaged us have uh, referenced instead a series of children's books known as the Baron Steen Bears, or should I say the Baron Stain Bears. I, I thought it was Bernstein. When I grew up, it was Bernstein Bears. Or Bernstein Burrs. Ah. Yeah, uh, that maybe that was like a, a like a cute kid thing, you know? A I, yeah, maybe that's things. just how I pronounced it, or mm. when I saw the word, that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I could see that. I re- Do you guys remember those books? Did you ever read them as a kid? I remember the books. I remember the cartoon, and the cartoon, you know, they pronounce it. It's, there's so there's a jingle, there's a song, and they don't say Berenstain. It's the Berenstain Bears. That's how they say it. How do you remember the jingle? Wait, is there a video of this? No. <laughs> Well, as a matter of fact, I have it right here. Oh, I remember that part. Uh-oh. 
Whoa. Hold on. They said it two different ways. They did. Yeah. It's the twang, though. Yeah. The twang, it's... Berenstain. It's, it's, it's the twang, though. Yeah. She said Berenstain, but it sounds yeah. like Berenstain. As yeah. someone from Tennessee, yeah. I, can, I can verify that there might be a twang there. But that's that's an excellent example. If you were like many people, ladies and gentlemen, you remember uh, this series of books and uh, shows as the Berenstain Bears. Uh, however, every single example of the books you can find or the the messaging that you mm. can find will bear the title Berenstain, B E R E. N S T A I N. Named after the creators of the book series. I, you know, I wonder if it, if the, the idea of Berenstein, Berenstein crosses dialect lines. So I wonder if anyone, uh, who maybe doesn't have an accent, a southern accent, knows it as Berenstein. Just, just to point out, reading some of the YouTube comments on this video, when the hell did it become the Berenstain Bears? <laughs> Reply, <laughs> the Mandala effect. <laughs> I'm from the E universe. I remember when it was the Berenstain Bears. I remember it being spelled Berenstain, but pronounced Berenstain. See, I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. is it a visual cue? Is it like it was for me, I think? Based on the theme song, that's how I interpreted it and learned it, um, you know, hearing it pronounced. But now even that is a little bit off. You know, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong with your memory and you can t- really latch on to certain cues and feel like they're infallible when, in fact, they are completely right. fallible. Yeah, this is a great example of uh, the personal spin that we put on all information that we take in. Right. We the lens through which we experience the world and then think we know things, it's it's all through our own lens. I think that's what we're seeing here. And to go to to go further there, this dovetails into an example. There's a book by a media analyst and a graphic designer, Marshall McLuhan and someone named Quentin Fiore, who uh it, the book is called well, what I thought it was called for a long, long time was The Medium is the Message, An Inventory of Effects. And I had a copy of this book on my shelf for years and years and years. And I realized, again, years after owning this book, that the actual title is The Medium is the Massage. No. Yeah, it's just a small, it's a small twist. And in my, in my view, again, going back to Max's point about the, uh, subjective nature of observation, my view is that I was just wrong. You know, I know that a lot of people don't like to admit that they are wrong, but maybe you just didn't know all the facts about Nelson Mandela. That is really, if we are applying the simplest explanation, that would seem to be it. But this effect is not limited to the two examples, the two popular examples we've mentioned and the, and the personal examples we've mentioned. Other examples will touch on things like geography, like the number of U.S. states, mm-hmm. the size of Scotland and Wales, the arrangement of archipelagos in uh, Southeast Asia and Oceania. Uh, you can also see examples that touch on chronology, right? So there are people who say, well, the Columbine massacre did occur, but not in 1999. In 1996. And so you can go and 
Learn more about Brune's theory on the Mandela effect uh, at the website uh, that has been maintained to list examples of this. And in our Frequently Asked Questions page, she defines it as real alternate memories of a history that does not match with the documented history in this reality. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. And she, and, and for her part, she also, uh, doesn't claim to know why this occurs, why, why this interpretation occurs, but there are several theories. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. So first we have my personal favorite, alternate realities. This idea that somehow some of us are experiencing parallel universes where only tiny little minutiae, little details are changed. Things that you would really, really have to go super micro on to even 
see a difference. Sort of the example of like holding up two photographs and there's one little thing that's different in one or the other and you really have to focus in to figure out what that thing is. It like might be a red tie instead of a, a red tie. One. Even, even smaller than that. Yeah. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe, um, which way a shoelace is tied? Something uh, like yeah, as simple yeah, yeah. as that, like a bar game where you have to do the matching of the pictures and saying mm-hmm. which one's different. What color is chartreuse? Exactly. So according mm-hmm. to this theory, the Mandela effect occurs when a person has pulled a, uh, if you remember the show, Sliders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of a quantum leapy kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So in Sliders, they are... They- a, a group of uh, a group of strangers, young, attractive strangers. Uh, yeah, most of them uh, <laughs> are are uh, shuddering between, or excuse me, sliding mm-hmm. between uh, alternate realities in a quest to eventually slide back to their their home, their mm-hmm. Earth, Earth Prime. And on the way, they have a series of adventures. So I think you're right. That's in very much in the same vein as Quantum Leap. Although really focusing more on this alternate reality idea. Right. So, for example, uh, one version of a Sliders universe, Jif Peanut Butter, might be called, you know, Jiffy. And uh, Curious George, that's another one, actually, the Jiffy Jif thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I think, I think it's an example of confusing or conflating Jiffy Pop with Jif Peanut Butter. Right. And then thinking, oh, no, it's Jiffy, right? No. Yeah, yeah. Jiffy is a, especially for a kid, Jiffy is like a fun word to think about more than Jiff. It's true. And uh, also peanut butter is not very common outside of the U.S. We're, yeah. we're weirdly into peanut butter. So into peanut butter. So, so just like the thing with a number of U.S. states, if you are not in that area of the world, it's easier to make um, to, it's easier to, to be confused about that. Yeah. I do. I did notice that a lot of this is U.S. centric, a lot of the Mandela effect. And I wonder, um, if you're listening to this and you're international, you live somewhere else in the world. If you have examples from your, you know, either local government, local, uh, pop culture. Yeah. That's like the that. thing. Cause it is, it is, is very much tied to a, a particular experience, a set of a language, let's say like a mm-hmm. social language mm-hmm. of, okay, we've got these products that everyone knows about and we're remembering them in certain ways. Or another example might be an iconic cartoon character or a character from a book like the Berenstein Bears example. Um, I will never not pronounce it that way. Um, Curious George. So maybe there's a version in an alternate reality where Curious George, you know, had a prehensile tail. Like all those people who say that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Yeah, or that George Washington had wooden teeth. Right, right. Yeah, there's all kinds of these things. And now we go to another theory, which is um, one we've looked at in the show before in the past. And this is one I always remember uh, that you brought up first, Max. Oh, yes, that's the the Matrix I don't know. It's just kind of close to my name, Max. I, I feel like it's, I don't know, it's close to my heart. But when I saw The Matrix, it really struck a tone with me. And then when I was reading about this Mandela effect, I realized, oh, wait a second. Hmm. That would explain a lot of things here. From here on out, there'll be spoilers. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Thank you. Thank you, Niles. Wouldn't want to spoil that 1996 movie, The Matrix. Right, right. Uh, because, well, if, if you have, uh, read Plato's allegory of the cave, you are already spoiled as Very far as true. the, the crux of that, of the program goes. But as you were saying. So this theory states that what we are actually experience, experiencing when we have these beliefs or thoughts that don't match up with the timeline that is uh, common to everyone else, we're actually experiencing some kind of blip 
in the matrix, some kind of a uh, little, yeah, something, maybe a, a glitch, something that isn't quite right. The identical and, cat, black cat walking by twice. But in this case, uh, you know, it's where New Zealand is relative to Australia. Just when you, when you learned it in your geography class way back in the day. Um, so essentially we were living in this giant program or hollow deck or some kind of programmable entity, a thing that when it gets a firmware update every once in a while, there are some errors. And that's what, that's what we're experiencing. I kind of like this theory. I don't necessarily believe it, but I think it's cool. You know, who's responsible largely for those kind of tropes is the, uh, incredible science fiction writer, Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of his uh, stories hinge on alternate realities Ooh. and the, like, you know, the whole idea of the matrix was entirely lifted from, from Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This idea that we are actually in some sort of trance-like state being fed information that we perceive to be our real life when in fact we are just like being harvested or something like that and mm-hmm. we, you know, have no movement. We are just basically blobs. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of his stories that was recently made into a pretty successful, by successful I mean well done television series for Amazon, I think, was The Man in the High Castle, where uh, it's an, a, a version of the future where um, the Allies did not win. Right. Yeah. The Axis won the World War, uh, won the Second World War, and carved up the North American continent into uh, different spheres of influence. And there is a book about an alternate universe wherein the Allies won the war. And the funny thing about this, I mean, these are obviously much more in line with, you know, fiction, but they're certainly fun to think about. Um, it's almost like this idea of a, a Mandela effect is sort of like a, a reverse deja vu kind of, you know, where it's like you have this sense that you were you, you experienced something. Exactly the same, only it's the sense that it's, it's different, almost, you know? I, yeah. I don't know if I'm, if I'm saying that well. It, it is. Where the yeah. familiar seems suddenly, uh, unfamiliar. Right. Disconcerting. Wait, and, wait say that again? Uh, jamais vu. I, I don't, uh, speak French. Okay. In this timeline. But so. the thing is, what we're referring to in this phenomenon, it is very much, a gut feeling, you know, you, and then you can go in the internet or in research materials and you can prove yourself wrong pretty easily. So what we're all talking about here is this innate sense that this is how it was. And then, oh, no, it wasn't. And yeah. what, what do you, when, where do you go from there? How do you use this information? And That's- there's a, yeah, and there's a subjective feeling. And this is a bit of a tangent, but there's a subjective feeling you can experience where there's there's something disassociative about it which is close to a break where for instance uh the examples of the people who meet and feel like they've known each other forever and there are some people who would propose that in some multiverse they do and the concept of a multiverse is endlessly fascinating and has done such wonderful things for fiction uh at this point, it's, uh, you know, it's clearly a theoretical thing. No one has traveled to and back, uh, between universes in a publicly acknowledged, yeah. reproducible way. And, you know, many of the stories that we're talking about are cautionary tales or moralistic tales. The Matrix is traveling that way through, uh, through different universes. And I think that the the matrix itself, we can agree, is in its way as real as the physical world. Again, spoilers, and thank you for saying that. I, I would have totally forgotten. But we have a we have another 
we have another theory too, right? One of the more kind of buzzkilly down to earth theories regarding the Mandela effect is that the internet itself has just distorted the, our, the way we remember things. Because anytime you see a meme or a trope, like a play on a piece of pop culture, for instance, uh, spoiler alert in Star Wars episode four, get ready, turn off your podcast if you want to hear this. When there's that iconic line, well, how does it go? Luke, I am your father. That is not how it goes. It is, no, I am your father. And yeah, it's also like Ricky Ricardo never said, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. (laughs) Never once did that line appear. And I love Lucy. But 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 that is what we associate. Yes. But you'll see a meme with, let's say that online somewhere. You'll see someone uh, talking about remembering it in a blog or something. Uh, You'll see little pieces written up. And it seems that in... Reading these things, it's almost like looking at uh, photos of yourself as a child or something, family photos of yourself. You may not truly have the memory of being, you know, that time when you were a little kid and you were playing outside with your mom or something. But you can, by seeing the sandbox or seeing the playground or the backyard, you can kind of create your own memory of what that day was like. Uh, even though you did experience it, but you don't have a a vivid memory of it, seeing the image kind of jog something and then you create it yourself. So this theory states that when you read these things online, these memes, these tropes, you're kind of distorting your own memory of what the, what the actual thing was. And our memories don't even really need any help screwing this stuff up because they kind of suck. I mean, think about any like courtroom scenario, like a TV courtroom drama where you've got a witness on the stand who swears they saw this person in the lineup commit this crime. And then there are immediately three or four other witnesses that say, no way it was this person. And I mean, I actually, one of the best examples of this is in the movie, My Cousin Vinny. You wouldn't think, but there's a great sequence where it highlights the fallibility of memory, um, you know, as far as eyewitness testimony, which has been determined to be pretty unreliable. Right. We can also see that, um, you know, frankly, horrific, uh, horrific numbers about people who have been falsely convicted of a crime uh, or people who have confessed to a crime they did not commit and believed that they did because of the psychological manipulation that occurs during the um, interrogation process. I almost said interview, but that's not quite correct, is it? And it happens. I know it sounds crazy, but it happens because of this. The reason memory is one of the most inefficient processes in the human mind is that every single one of us, when we remember an event, whatever it is, uh, the, the theme song to the Berenstein Bears, uh, a, a moment where you fell in love and you're still so in love that you feel like a piece of you is there. That's beautiful. But every time you remember that, you're not just remembering what you think you're remembering. You might be subconsciously associating it with emotions you're feeling now or emotions you felt at the time. Or you might conflate it with things that occurred in the interim, sometime between the creation of the memory, but before you remembered. So let's say one of your favorite moments ever was watching the matrix and you remember seeing it in a movie theater and you can say to yourself, I had a medium Sprite. I had a Nestle crunch and I got the big popcorn, but that might be incorrect. You might just be remembering 
the stuff that you liked eating. You might be hungry when you're remembering it. And the further away you get from that moment in time, the less reliable it is because every time you are remembering a memory, what you're actually doing is remembering the last time you thought about it. It's like making a copy of a copy of a copy. It just degrades every time you recall it. Exactly. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it adds things. Sometimes it subtracts things. Mm-hmm. Creates you're, artifacts. That's a great way to put it. Every time you remember something, you're essentially playing telephone with past versions of yourself. And the connection is nowhere near as good as it might appear. Uh, we know that this is true because there's something amusing or, depending on the implications, disturbing that you can watch right now online. There's a mentalist. His name is Darren Brown. You probably know who he is. Love him. He's, uh, he's put out a video. He has a TV series, or I know he did have a TV series. Yeah, he does different television specials in the UK. Mm-hmm. And, and in one, well, he's done a lot. I think we talked about one where he created a Manchurian candidate, allegedly, at least on the television show he did. Uh, yeah, attempted to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then also, uh, where he's the guy who can socially engineer people into accepting blank. Mm hmm. Currency-sized pieces of paper as money, just by talking to them. But usually, only if they're native speakers of the same language he speaks. There's even one where he um, was able to convince, let's sort of in quotation fingers, a room full of atheists that they believed in God. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. It's intense. That's crazy. And uh, there's a, yeah. a whole there just to, before we even get into what it actually is. There's a whole host of psychological things that occur when you are a part of a television production in sure. the audience. Mm-hmm. So you know they, all of this stuff for for me, it's levels of manipulation uh, right. for even the viewer of the TV series. So they, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So they might not necessarily have the same results in a man on the street or woman on the street thing. But on one one on one. There's been some weird stuff that's happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a great video wherein uh, Darren Brown asks Simon Pegg, the uh, the actor and writer, to write down a childhood gift. Like, just write, like, think of a childhood gift that he's always wanted. Write it down, put it in an envelope, seal it with the date, with the time, and uh, keep it on his person, and then to go meet uh, meet Darren Brown. And what he doesn't know is the entire time he's on the way to meet him, his entire mm-hmm. day beforehand, he is being manipulated and his memory, um, is being infe- affected, almost said infected. Maybe that's, maybe that's a better choice of word as a result. So Darren Brown talks to him, does his, uh, does his thing, yeah. I guess, because I don't want to spoil it too much. Touching him at certain times, right. directing his attention to certain places in the room. Which people would call priming, mm-hmm. right? Purposeful Freudian slips, for instance. And the end result is that he tells Simon Pegg to turn around and open his presents in a big box. And he, he pulls it out and he's like, is this what you wanted? And he's amazed. How did you know? He says, this was, this was exactly where I want. He goes, okay, are you sure? Is this the right? And he's like, yeah, everything. It's exactly how I pictured it. It's the Even right the colors. Color. Yeah. yeah. And then he says, okay, well, I want you to do, I'm glad you like your present. I want you to do one last thing. I want you to take out that envelope and then you like show the camera, the seal and everything. I want you to open it. I want you to read what it says. And he opens it and he reads it and he's like, huh, that's weird. That's not it. That's not what I wrote down. 
because what he originally wrote down was something different, but the experiences, again, between the creation of that memory and the act of remembering changed. So the past is much more like a conversation, I guess, than, than the, the solid process we believe it to be. At this point, there's not any, I, well, I don't know what you guys found, but there's not any solid reproducible proof of the Mandela effect. There are many, many people who believe they've seen it and we all have those inexplicable moments. But as far as history changing, that's a whole nother story. Oh, that has occurred. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Here's where it gets crazy. So... The, the idea that we're exploring here, alternate realities, alternate universes, uh, massive, uh, rewriting of history. It turns out in at least, uh, at least a few instances, 
that actually happens. And, and one of the big ones would be uh, retroactive censorship. Uh, you you may have heard of something like the kid stays in the picture under under the the Stalin regime during these political purges and stuff. They would actually go back and erase people from history, from official records, from photographs. Yeah, I mean, it's this idea of revising history to suit your particular end, you know, and this phenomenon we're talking about, it can certainly be capitalized on because our minds do gravitate toward these patterns. Mm -hmm. And when we see something enough times, Mm -hmm. you know, why not just accept that that's how it happened? And most people will. Yeah, and we because most people, again, are creatures that thrive on consensus. That's how this – that's how – this breakout single of a species has been able to spread around the world. And so you can see experiments wherein a group of 14 people are assembled and, and 13 of them know what's going to happen. And they're just the a simple math problem is displayed, for instance, or two lines that are of different lengths and people say they're the same length or they, they say something that's outright wrong. And in many cases, uh, unlucky person 14 or number 12 or whatever will eventually, and in a distressingly short amount of time, believe it because they are outnumbered. And that happens more often than I would like to think in this and then coupled with the power of a state agency to censor something like, uh, for instance, Lenin gave a speech in 1920. And when he gave the speech, he was talking to some Soviet troops in Moscow. There was a photograph taken in the foreground was Leon Trotsky and Lev Kamenev. And then later the photo was altered. And again, this is 1920. They don't have mm-hmm. Photoshop. This is tough. Uh, later, the photo was altered and they removed Trotsky and uh, they removed Lev Kamenev. Is this, are they on a waterfront? I think I remember seeing this picture. Mm-hmm. There's at least a body of water right next to him and then they're just like, whoop. Mm-hmm. And, and, and additionally, and a lot of this happened, so much of this happened that you can find entries on censorship of images in the Soviet Union. Uh, another, and this continued for decades. For instance, uh, there was a cosmonaut named Valentin Bodarenko, and he died in 1961 in a training accident because the cosmonaut program at the time was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was a numbers game, you know? Yeah, good luck. Right. Let's just, you know, the emphasis was let's get someone to space. And someone said, well, are they going to make it back? And they said, I, yeah, that'd be neat. Wasn't there even a situation where they cut someone loose because it would have um, jeopardized the equipment or something like that? There's so many. You know what? We should do a Lost Cosmonauts thing. There are so, there's so many interesting interesting wrinkles to the story. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Valentin died in 1961, and the Soviet government – airbrushed him out of photographs of the first group of cosmonauts. And so he had already been available. He had already appeared in publicly available photographs. You know what I mean? The Mm -hmm. badger was out of the bag. So deleting the government controlled stuff, just if anything, fed the stories of lost cosmonauts and this death uh, and in fact, his death as well as his life became secret until the mid 
eighties. These are, these are just, these are specific examples for a country. And I don't mean to pick on the Soviet Union. There's something else that I think we all know. I mean, Max Niles, let's face it, guys. We're old enough now that we know textbooks have changed, especially history textbooks, right? Which, which is kind of a good thing. Right. Because as we gain more knowledge as a species, we mm-hmm. change our textbooks. We alter them. Science is very different. Yeah, evolution than it was. may or may not have happened. Right. <laughs> depending on the textbook. Well, yeah, that could mm-hmm. be an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. but also, uh, details, let's say, uh, about the, uh, molecular structure of certain things or, uh, mm-hmm. the, the atomic structure. We're understanding that more and more. And, you know, when my parents were in high school and college, the knowledge they had is very different than we had. So that's a good thing. The problem is when you're looking at history. Right. You know, some some of the things that are supposed to be set in stone that can't really change because they happened. Yeah, well, it's like one of those to the victors go the spoils and one of the spoils is being able to write the story. Right. Winners write history books. And and the and that's that's a great point because we did we looked at this earlier in a video. Uh why don't textbooks in different countries agree like mm-hmm. a textbook written uh by Japan and a textbook written by China or by Chinese and Japanese governments uh is going to differ widely even though those countries are comparatively a stone's throw away from one another uh, you know what do they have to say about world war 2 and what do people believe and if there is if there is absolute truth, how do individuals find it surrounded in a world like what what is what is sanity? What is history? How do we find these things surrounded by people who all believe something else? It's it's frightening to wonder if one of us or, you know, whether you're listening to the show or you're in the room right now, if just one of the people in this entire Stuff they don't want you to know thing. Knew something to be true. And no one else agreed with them. Can any of us say that we would be able to stick to our guns for the rest of our lives in a world that feels we are insane? That's a disturbing question. Discuss amongst yourselves. And while you're discussing this amongst yourselves, uh, go back and think about some of the personal moments that you may have had with this. Uh, there, there's a really, really interesting book by a guy named Neil Stevenson called Anathem. And in Anathem, again, there's a work of fiction, but I think it applies here. In Anathem, this is somewhat of a spoiler alert, but not really. There is a group of people called uh, Raters. And what they do is they change the past by altering records by using uh using techniques of rhetoric to essentially darren brown people and the frightening thing about this is that it can happen it has happened in history it is happening now for instance we can see the slow erosion in some cases of historical facts like very few people talk about the fact that martin luther king is documented arguing for uh, a war on inequality arguing for things that would be 
typified or characterized as socialist mm-hmm. uh, b- shortly before his death. And I, you'd be hard-pressed to find those speeches being quoted in the media, right, or being quoted in textbooks. And to 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 honestly look at it, just because there's not scientifically accepted proof of this Mandela effect, which may be in another world called the Mandela effect, Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't mean that it's automatically not true. And that's a clever way for it to be constructed. Because if there's not a way to disprove a thing, then we're kind of at, you know, a standstill. So I have to ask you guys, though, do you believe in the concept of parallel universes? Do you think that Somewhere out there, there's another version of us or multiple or infinite versions. I think we'll find out maybe even within our lifetimes, maybe if there are truly alternate universes that we can test for, depending on how far we can go with the LHC and a couple of other uh, large scale scientific tests that are going on Mm -hmm. to see. uh, I mean, you can look, there are a lot of things we're exploring right now as a, as a human race, uh, to test that the very, very tiny and also the very, very large. And depending on how deep we can go into some of that research, mm-hmm. I think we might be able to prove that alternate realities exist. Um, I don't think that this particular thing personally, no, I don't think that this Mandela effect is a case of alternate realities. I, I think it's uh perception and biases and uh just remembering things wrong. I, you know, I wonder too, it, one thing that would strengthen the case for it would be if there were, uh, things that were a little bit less, uh, cause these are kind of grouped into things, right? Chronology of well-known events. Yeah. Uh, and then also a lot of celebrity stuff mm-hmm. and then also a lot of geographical stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And small changes, like to Niall's point with the, uh, with the shoelaces, right? And so it makes me, it makes me wonder if the case would be strengthened by say having, um, the arrangement of amino acids be different or some, or maybe there's a, a spot in the world where light is at a slightly faster, slightly slower speed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A, a universal, what's accepted to be a universal concept, right? Did, did we already talk about how our brains are storing information differently now than they have ever in the past human brains because of the internet? I don't, I don't know if we have, but I know we've all talked about it off air. Okay. Well, this, I think this may also be the culprit for why this stuff is cropping up more and more. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's almost like why bother remembering things when I can just find it on the internet if I need to, you know, I can devote that part of my brain to other things. God knows what, but you know, I'm just saying, you know, there, there is this sort of like inherent sense that there's a safety net. Like I don't need to remember phone numbers anymore mm-hmm. ever again because mm-hmm. they're always going to be in my phone. But what if uh, I, you know, my car dies um, on the highway and my phone is dead and um, you know, then I'm utterly alone because I don't have this yes. information in my brain anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like mm-hmm. Bill said, if, if we're not remembering things mm-hmm. like con- if we're not constantly remembering things and storing them and then replaying them, 
then what, what is going on in our heads? Like what's, what, what kind of information is left there? Right. Has the access to all this information turned, uh, the, what the over 3 billion people with internet access has it turned their brains into something more like audience members rather than creators? A wonderful and extreme example of, of a, not too distant future where this might happen is another Black Mirror episode called The Entire History of You, where um, everyone um, who is anyone is fitted with this lens that connects to an implant um, that allows you to record everything all the time. And mm-hmm. you can access these memories like you would a folder of, of video files. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, even security at airports, security checkpoints are done by playing back for the, the person in charge of security the last 48 hours of your life. Yes. And therefore you don't have, they can see, oh, he didn't pack a bomb. She didn't pack a bomb, whatever. Um, in that future, again, not too different from what we're talking about with being able to recall things on Facebook, for example, sure. or being able to recall things on YouTube. Not that far removed. What does happen? Do our memory banks, for lack of a better term, atrophy? Mm-hmm. You know, do we lose part of ourselves? And, and can we then be some completely subjective to being duped by false information being out there because we have lost our ability to actually form these memories for ourselves. Is it another example of evolution, mm-hmm. but in a negative way where we are devolving our minds from being able to recreate these memories because we are so used to them just being available for us at the touch of a mouse and cognitively becoming cyborgs. And, and it is true that we are losing depth of information. So if there's like an X and Y axis, we're we're increasingly knowing a little bit about a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We know like the equivalent of the first paragraph of a Wikipedia article about a quite a few things, but that depth of knowledge is uh that depth of knowledge is increasingly being lost and people are being encouraged to learn that way, both in the things we watch, you know, and the fact that we're we're essentially outsourcing our brains to an external thing which is not which is scary but maybe part of the evolution we, you know we talked uh, i think it was um several months ago and i don't remember if we were on the air about it but we talked about the frightening idea that maybe humanity itself is just a temporary step in the evolution of a life form that is capable of going to the stars and spanning galaxies in a meaningful way or even alternate universes, you know? Yes, that would have to be not so squishy as humanity. But I think all of these things are excellent fodder for a whole podcast episode under themselves. So we should probably scoot for today, guys. Yeah. Unfortunately, in this timeline, it is time to go. Uh, let's, let's end on a question. Do you want there to be alternative universes? Does the idea appeal to you? If so, why? Let us know. You can reach us directly at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We are Conspiracy Stuff. You can find us on Instagram at the uh, ever so uh, awkward acronym. <laughs> S-T-D-W-I-T-K. But it's okay. You'll get used to it. <laughs> Hopefully we will too. Uh, and in the meantime, of course, you can check out our website, which is being updated as we speak 
speaking of spoiler alerts, or maybe has already been updated in your timeline, right? Because we're already doing kind of time travel if we're not mm. doing a live show, huh? Yeah, we're finally going to get some pictures of Niles up on the site. Right, so stay tuned, visit stuffthedontwantyoutoknow.com. If you're really into this stuff, I usually don't do this, but I'm going to make a recommendation. If you have Hulu, check out 112263. Uh, it's the series about the JFK assassination, and it's more time travel, but it's kind of a, a little hole to an alternate dimension in a way. And it deals with the effects of time travel. So we'll check the that book. out. Yeah. Oh, the book. No, the book is great too, but this is available and you can consume it because that's how we consume things now uh, by sitting and watching. The word consume is, makes me so uncomfortable. Yep. Consume you know, when everything. People are like, oh, this is how I consume content. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what we do, man. And there's, and that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.